This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. Being surrounded by a loving family is a wonderful thing. You can make it into a loving situation if you're not trying to run away. If you think it's just in your way, then you're a fool. Absolutely. There's no such thing as anything being in your way. Everything that's in our lives is our karmic reality. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Sing it together. Om Hum Anumate 
Oh, 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 oh,
थे Om 
Did Babaji, meaning Neem Karoli Baba, ever meet the other Babaji, meaning uh, who they call Guru Maharaj, or uh, the Yogananda calls him Babaji? Uh, any stories you can tell? Well, you know, most of that stuff is way beyond our pay grade. Whether these beings meet or not, it happens on another plane. They don't need to be in bodies to meet. They're way beyond that. But one time, I decided to go up to the cave. If you know the story from Autobiography of a Yogi, Lahiri or Lahiri Mahasai had been a, a, a worked in the post office in Banaras, I think. And all of a sudden, he was transferred way up into the mountains to Raniket, which is a little, was a very small little village, pretty far up into the Himalayas. From Kenchi, uh, it was another uh, maybe four hours to Raniket, maybe three or four hours. And then on from there, in the mountains, there uh, there is a place called Dhunagiri. And uh, in this book, Yogananda calls it Dronagiri. But it, 
It's actually Dunagiri. And there's a very ancient temple there to the goddess uh, Vaishnavi Devi. And uh, that's on one hill. And then there's another hill. And on the backside of that hill is the cave. So what happened was that this, this man, Lahiri Matsai, was transferred from one post office to the post office in Raniket. And one day he was wandering in the mountains. And he comes across this yogi who says, you know, hi, uh, remember me? Oh, no, you don't? Oh, well, uh, here, come here with me. And he takes Lahiri he, to this cave nearby. And he says, here, see, sit down. This is where, this was your cave in your last life. And see, here's your chimtas, which are these metal tongs that they use to push the logs around the fire. And he sat down and uh, by the grace of that yogi who was Babaji Maharaj or Guru Maharaj, he remembered his past lives. And he was, uh, he remembered who he is. And he was a great yogi. And he became immediately a great yogi again. And uh, Guru Maharaj taught him, or transmitted Kriya Yoga to him, or these some practices. And um, through those practices, he wiped away the, the dross on his memory. And he be, remembered who he was. And he became a very great saint. So I decided to go find that cave. I knew um, Mr. Tuari's son, Sharad, and I were going to go there. And uh, we knew basically where it was. We weren't 100% sure. So we took off. We had a driver. Let's see now. How did that work? We had a... Charlotte had a driver with him from Lucknow, and he started driving. But when we went to this little village, we met a, another driver, an old guy that Charlotte knew from his, when he was working in the mountains for the electric uh, company, the electric division. And he was a hills driver, and he knew all the roads, and he knew where to go. So we were driving along, and we stopped in this one village for some tea and, and stuff like that. And we're sitting in this little chaiwala and a guy walks up to us and he starts talking to us and he said that his family i don't even know how he knew where we were going but he said that his family was the family who inherited that cave and was taking care of that cave they were the the guardians of that cave and he told us how to find it exactly how to find it. So, of course, we offered him a ride. He was going back to Dhunagiri, but he said that he had some business to do and he would meet us there. He never met us there. He never showed up. We didn't know, we didn't hear anything about this family or anything like that. He was, who knows who he was, but he told us just exactly how to get to the cave and then he disappeared. So we did go to that cave. It was really a lovely, really beautiful spot. And uh, we got there late in the evening. 
not late, late in the afternoon. And there were only a few hours of daylight left. And it was about an hour's walk from the road to the cave. And we were having trouble finding anybody to uh, guide us to the right road, uh, the right path up the hill. Because when the sun set, there were a lot of leopards in that area. And people were really scared of being out at night, especially up in the mountains. And it was also said that at night, two tigers came and would sit outside the cave all night long, every once in a while slapping their, their tails down you know, like that, making noise all through the night, these two tigers. So the villagers didn't want any part of it, you know, they didn't want to be around once the sun went down. Anyhow, we did get to the cave and we spent some time there. And and uh, so when we were back, before we had left, we were in Beamtal, Tawari's house. And we, we told KC Tawari, Mr. Tawari, that we were going to go on this pilgrimage to find this cave. And he said, oh, yeah, I was up there once with Maharaji. And he said, we were walking on the side of the mountain, and Maharaji said, oh, the cave where Lahiri Baba lived was right up there around that side. You go this way. And because I was there. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but that's the story. It's a very powerful place. Now it's been, um, uh, the Yogoda Satsang, YSS, which was Yogananda's group in India has kind of taken over the cave. They built a little uh, ashram there, some rooms nearby, and they locked the cave. And uh, you can't really go in anymore. So How do you best support loved ones who are dealing with old age and dying? You're talking about me? And, and do not consciously prepare for such a situation or who are not engaged in a practice like Buddhism or any other practice. You love them. You can't change their minds. You can't make them think about things differently than they do but you can serve them and love them and support them as best you can. And uh, do everything you can to help. Who knows, right before, as it gets closer and closer to death, they might become more open to uh, thinking about things in another way, but maybe not. But the love that you share with them is the most important thing. Uh, besides, you don't know what dying and death is either because we haven't died. All we know is book learning and stuff that other people have told us, even maybe great yogis. But we ourselves haven't experienced it. So to tell somebody else something, to try to get them to believe something that you don't even believe, that's, that's asking a lot. So share what you know and don't make things up. Don't try to change anybody. 
you share your heart with them as best you can to the extent that makes them feel better and not makes them feel uncomfortable. Uh, that's all you can do, as far as I see. You can pray. You can say prayers for them when you're sitting with them. And uh, doesn't quietly, mentally, don't have to... Don't do it out loud. Make them uptight. But you can do Hanuman Chalisa. You can do all kinds of things. If you know the prayers from the, uh, the uh, what, what's called the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which is really the Book of Liberation in the in-between state. If you know some of those prayers, you could, you could say those. But most of us don't know that stuff unless we've studied it carefully and specifically. So when you're with them, just don't get caught in the storyline as much as you can. Be with them, be present. Uh, don't avoid your own emotions. You have to deal with those. We're not past all that stuff. We're still just human beings trying to get it together. And someone who's getting close to leaving the body doesn't need a lot of static in the room. So... Just try to be as com as present as you can and as open as you can. And uh, that's the best thing you can do. Always in a maroon t-shirt. Is there any specific reason? Attitude of gratitude? Always for me. Thank you. Uh, well, there is a specific reason. Uh, after I had my nervous breakdown in the temple and uh, it became apparent I wasn't going to kill myself at that time, anyway, uh, Maharaji looked at me one day and he said, You're Hanuman. Now you have to wear red. Take, he, want, he said, take everything you have, all your clothes, everything, your blankets, everything, and dye them red. <laughs> so he said, even your langoti, your underwear, you have to dye red. So I did. And uh, he told me to wear red. So I wore red for a long time. And then I, after he left the body, I got very depressed and I stopped wearing red at one point. And even when I started singing Kirtan, you know, I was wearing black all the time, black t-shirt, black pants. I was going to be the hell's angel of Kirtan. And then finally I just gave up and I started putting red on again. And that's why I wear red. It's Hanuman's color. And, uh, is one of the few things I can do that he told me to do. What happened to Maharaji's chapel? Now, chapel means sandal, and Maharaji didn't wear any foot, anything on his feet, so I really don't know what you're talking about. Uh, what happened to Maharaji's chapel? What could you mean? I don't know what you mean. He didn't wear chapels. He didn't wear sandals of any kind or foot, footwear of any kind. 
It's been, uh, it's been nearly 20 years that I started to take the yoga path. I feel myself as a sadhu, but family responsibilities still prevent me from moving forward. How do I let this family clinging go away without being irresponsible? I've always wondered if it was correct for a sadhu to leave their families. Can you talk about this? Uh, from Brazil. Uh, bon dia. Um, you know, you got to give up, dude. If you have a family, that's your karma. You must take care of those people. That's that's the situation. You wanted something, you took it, you pay the price. That's the deal right now. And the price isn't bad. Having a family and being surrounded by a loving family is a wonderful thing. You can make it into a loving situation if you're not trying to run away. If you think it's just in your way, then you're a fool. Absolutely. There's no such thing as anything being in your way. Everything that's in our lives is our karmic reality. And we have to deal with it in the best way we can. If you leave your family behind, uh, that's, not, that's not the best thing to do. First of all, you'll carry that with you. You'll have guilt, and you'll have shame, and you'll have doubts. And you'll know that those people are struggling without your help. And that you're not going to find any peace that way. Deal with what's in front of you in your life the best way you can. There are no mistakes. This is your life. Live it. And you think a sadhu means that you have to live somewhere in a cave and get bitten by rats and snakes and, and, and bats and, and, uh, you know, pretend to not have any desires, you're fooling yourself. Absolutely. So stop. You know, this bullshit about being a sadhu, just stop. The yoga path means chitti vritti niroda. When there's no vritti anymore in the chitta, in the consciousness, when the consciousness is like a calm sea with no waves. Every time trying to get away from your family is creating extraordinary waves for you. This whole question is full of waves. It's just a big wave in itself. You're looking, you think happiness is somewhere else and you're going to go there to get something. Forget it. Reality lives within you as your own true nature. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You're here. And if you can't live as a good human being in a family of your own creation, where are you going to go? You're just going to take that shit with you. That nastiness and that fear. It's just fear. You're afraid. There's fear. You're afraid. Deal with that stuff and you'll be very happy right where you are, where you should be. There's nowhere to go. I went there and found that out. <laughs>
What do we do if we're not very good at singing or chanting japa in silent? How do we do this for ourselves daily? Well, first of all, uh, don't try so hard. One of the problems is you have great expectations. You know, I'm going to sit down, my mind's going to be quiet, I'm going to have bliss and ecstasy. And, of course, that doesn't happen. So you get discouraged. And then discouragement causes other kinds of problems. Yeah, you get you get unhappy, you get depressed, you try other things, you don't sit, you do other things. It's not easy to calm the mind. It's not easy to do japa and actually pay attention. We've spent our whole lives facing the outside world, looking out and trying to get things we need from the outside and being attached to things in the outside world, wanting this, wanting that, not wanting this, not wanting that. Just sit down and relax. And if you're doing your japa, if you, which means the repetition of a mantra or the name, just simply do it. And when you notice that you can, you're not paying attention, just come back. And don't do it for too long because then you just get tense and you, you get, you, oh, I can't do this and I'm trying so hard. That is not going to help. You have to build up little by little. Five good minutes, three good minutes is better than three hours of pretending that you're meditating. Three minutes where you're really going to just be there. You turn your phone off. If you catch yourself thinking, you just simply let it go and come back. You don't spend any time thinking about why am I like this? Why can't I do this? I'm thinking all the time. Forget it. Just keep coming back to the sound of the name or the mantra inside. Now, if you're alone, if there's nobody else around, you could speak the mantra or sing it low in a low voice, quiet voice. That sometimes help you, helps us pay attention. But if there's other people around or you're in an apartment somewhere and you can't really yell and scream, you still could just whisper the mantra and you can move your lips and your tongue and even though you're not making a lot of sound, it'll still give you, it still involves another part of your being uh, and helps you concentrate, helps you stay aware. But little by little. There's no rush. No one's judging you except you. And, uh, you know, there's no sense pushing yourself and trying to twist yourself up and make, a, make yourself into something you're not. None of us can pay attention. And when we start to pay attention or we start to try to pay attention, that's when we find out how hard it is. But that's a stage you go through. It might take 20 years. It might take a minute. But you just calmly try to be with the mantra or the breath. Whatever you're doing. The breath, you can do with the mantra. You can breathe in the mantra and breathe out the mantra in one way or another. Regular practice is what's necessary. Even if it's three minutes a day, make it a good three minutes. Not that you sit there like this, but that you, you just make a deal with yourself. For three minutes, I ain't moving. I'm just going to sit here. And little by little, you will start to pay attention. Attention will happen. 
but you have to try. You have to put some effort in. Not hard, angry effort, but relaxed awareness. That's what's required. Little by little. Little by little. Um, it was Babaji that Maharaj that led Lahiri to the cave. Did I ever connect with the old sadhu who told me I'd be famous? Uh, famous and not rich. Uh, I met him once after that. Uh, he recently left the body. Uh, last year, he was in his 190s, I believe, by then. Because I hadn't seen him. I saw him once since the, the 80s, so 90, 2000. So he was, he was probably in his early 190s when he finally left the body. But I don't have any details about that. Can I speak about how to get rid of anger? No! <laughs> You know, anger is one of the intense emotions that we feel. It's like a storm that comes up and just washes us away. They say that anger is very, very uh, unhealthy for us on every level. There's all kinds of reasons why we get angry. Uh, I think anger and, and other negative emotions are, um, that's our work because we identify with most of those fully. And so that's our work is to deal with those negative emotions and to find a way to do that. You can't meditate yourself into another life where there won't be anger. We're carrying the seeds of trauma and betrayal and hurt and fear and guilt and shame and anger. We're carrying all that stuff with us every day, every breath we take. So it's a question of becoming aware of, of the different things that, that, are, that we're carrying. For instance, when I started to chant with people, I had had an epiphany in my room in New York. Boom. It was like getting hit with a lightning bolt. And I, I understood that if I did not sing with people, I would never be able to clean out the dark shadows in my own heart with anger, shame, grief, fear, all those things. Those are the shadows. And I understood that it was just those unconscious shadows that were pushing me around and causing me suffering. And I understood that chanting with people was the only way I had, the only way that was being given to me to begin to deal with that stuff. And it has, to some large degree, definitely. I have a different relationship with that stuff than I used to. It's still here, but it's not the same. I mean, it's been a lot of years of chanting. 
So practice is very important. And learning about how these things work and learning about how to release that energy that's locked up in those emotions. It's very powerful, very difficult. Certainly can be done, but one has to be sincere. It's hard to uh, it's hard to really be so honest with one, ourselves. God, we say we want to give up anger, but we don't want to give up hating people. You know? We have our favorites, and there are people who've done us wrong, who we don't like. We don't really want to give that up. It's hard to give that up. So how are we going to give up anger? You know, it's like there's all this stuff mixed up in there. Regular practice, learning about yourself, trying to be honest with yourself, getting outside help if necessary, counseling, therapy, whatever you need to help you get through this life in a good way, you go for it. All that. My loved ones say that sometimes I look like I'm moping. Can you give me advice to remove that kind of body language? <laughs> Are you kidding? I love moping. It's like home base for me. I spent my whole life moping. I don't mope that much anymore. I miss it. I'm not going to tell you how to stop moping. Keep moping. Enjoy. They don't like it. What are you going to do? Then I guess you'll have to stop moping. You'll find something else to do. It's not a question of body language. It's a question of emotional language, emotional atmosphere. Moping around. I love moping. It's so rich and real. Juicy. Maharaji, did Maharaji leave his family? Maharaji left his family when he was eight years old because his stepmother treated him very badly. Um, <clears throat> she also had a son, and she wanted her son to inherit the, uh, the farm that, that her husband owned. And so she didn't feed Maharaji well, and she didn't treat him well, so he ran away. Uh, he went home. His father found him again some years later, and he came home. And for the next long period of time, he had he had three children, and he was. His daughter told me that in her memory, he was always around until the time that she went off to school, up the, off the uh, high school. Uh, in her uncle's house. She, she left home and moved to another city to go to a different school when she was a teenager. And it was after that that Maharaji pretty much took off and then hardly ever went home again after that. But his family was taken care of and cared for, and his oldest son uh, took care, got married, took care of it. The mother lived with him, and etc. And he took care of his responsibilities. Maharaji did. You know, we'd be in the temple, like in the winter, the summer of 72. 
I was living in the temple in Kenchi with some other Westerners, a few other Westerners. And every once in a while, Maharaji would get up and he'd walk into the back of the temple and go up on the roof of the Dharmsala. Big, flat roof, it was really. With, and it, that had no roof. It was just a big flat at the time, like a big flat platform. And he would sit up there in the middle of the roof and he wouldn't let anybody come. And while he was up there, a car would arrive and these two guys would walk into the temple. They'd walk right through the front of the temple, all the way to the back of the temple, up onto the roof, go sit with him for a little while and talk. And then they would walk out. They'd go right through the temple. They wouldn't talk to anyone, look at anyone, get in the car and drive away. <laughs> we didn't know. We, you know, we just like, what is this? It turned out that it was Maharaji's son and his nephew. And they were coming for instructions. What crops to plant, how much to do this, what to do this, when to do this. Maharaji took care of business his whole life. So. How to overcome deep feelings of inadequacy. You know, these, these emotional issues that we have are so painful. They're so painful. There's so much self-hatred, self-loathing. There's so much lack of self-caring, uh, caring for oneself knowing how to take care of oneself and be good to oneself. Uh, I really don't think that yoga, meditation is going to be enough for us only. It hasn't been enough for me. I've needed other help. I've needed counseling. I've needed therapy. I need help to see things more clearly. The practices I do give me an inner strength to let go of stuff once I see it. But seeing things clearly is very hard for me. What's really functioning in there? What's really pushing me around inside? So look for help, whatever that means to you. You have to find a way to deal with these things. You have to find some help. And you can. You have to have courage and allow yourself to find a way to help you deal with this stuff. Can you speak about the balance of effort and non-effort in the spiritual path? When the answers come from within, why do I so love reading the works of others? Well, it's not just reading the works of others, it's also taking teachings from others and doing practices that we've learned from others, and et cetera, et cetera. So, I've told this a number of times, but I love the story. You see, we'd be sitting with Maharaji, and he would look at us, and he would say, I have the keys to the mind. I could turn your minds against me. And he would laugh. He would laugh. And we'd go, Baba, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. Can you imagine? You know, you wake up one day, you're in India, and you go like, what am I doing here? I'm going back to New York. You don't even, you just wake up and you've been transferred. <laughs> and you don't even know it. You're just like the rest of your life just started. 
he said he could do that, and he probably could. I don't doubt it. But he would just laugh. He was just teasing us, maybe. So some years ago, I was with Siddhima, and I said, you know, Ma, Maharaji said he has the keys to the mind. So to me, that means that I am where he wants me to be, that I'm doing what he wants me to be doing. I'm where he puts me because he has the keys to the mind. He's making my mind, he's putting my mind in a situation. He's putting me in a situation. So I said, Ma, is it, if that's true, is it all his doing? In other words, is it all grace? Or is my effort required? And she said, Krishnadas, it's all grace. But you have to act like it isn't. It's all grace, but you have to act like it isn't. <sighs> you know, Maharaj used to say, I've done everything. I leave the mind to you. Whoa. So, it's so hard for us to accept a deeper reality. Ramana Maharshi often talks about, he said, there's two ways to go. One way is self-inquiry, which is a whole practice. I won't talk about that now. But the other way is surrender. You surrender to God or to Guru. But if you've surrendered, then all the responsibility is the Guru's, or God's responsibility. It's up to them now to do it. It's no longer your problem. There's no need to think about it anymore. It's finished. You're free of all worry. You're free of everything. There's no responsibility. Our is gone because you've given it to God. So we can't do that. We have we don't we cannot surrender. We're not ripe enough to actually give it all away and to recognize that we really don't have much say in this at all. So that part of us that still thinks we are who we think we are, that's where the effort has to be made to release those stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves who we are, who we're not, what we want, what we don't want. Um, are we this? Are we that? Are we that? Are we this? All the stuff that we think all day long, because we think about ourselves all day long. So that's the level where effort is required to calm the mind, to release the thoughts of me, 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 me. You know, Maharaji never gave us practices to do for the sake of our own spiritual enlightenment. 
He didn't do that. He told us to think about others. It was too subtle for us to understand. It was too simple. We wanted, we were complicated. We wanted practices. We wanted meditation practices. We wanted visualizations. We wanted mantras. We wanted all this. We were so busy in our heads. We just couldn't actually appreciate what he was saying. Don't think about yourself. How do you not think about yourself when that's all we do? So that's where the effort required to release those thoughts of me, 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 the planet of me around which everything revolves. My happiness, my situation is the most important thing in the world. And as long as everybody's good to me, I'll be okay. But as soon as somebody fucks with me, I'll get them because I have to be okay. You know, that's, that's where we live to some degree or other. What to do? Chant. Meditate. Do some japa. Love everyone. Serve everyone. Remember God. If we could treat other people that we meet during the day, simply, if we could just treat those people the way we would like to be treated, like the way we would like to be greeted, the way we would like to be spoken to. It'd be a different world. Just, you know, and it's not easy. The other day, I, you know, I, I was trying to get this prescription filled and my insurance had changed. So they were charging me like a humongous amount of money for this prescription. So I had to find another pharmacy. So I called in a different pharmacy to the doctor's office. And then it turned out that that, that was also like, extraordinarily expensive. So the woman in the, in the doctor's office giving me a hard time said, you know, you realize this is the third time you, you want to change the, the, the pharmacy. And I said, she said, you can't do that. And I was like, who the fuck are you talking to? I thought, I didn't say anything. She works for the doctor that I pay a large amount of money to see. And she's telling me that I have to, she, I can't change the pharmacy. Who the fuck does she think she is? This is the great Saint Krishnadas. This is like, this is the way I am. Terrific. So it's taken me like three days to calm my ass down. And I still keep thinking I'll say something to her when I get her on the phone. Or next, when I go to the doctor, I'm going to say, you know, somebody on your staff gave me a really hard time. You see how it is? How hard it is not to take things personally? It's hard. It's very fucking hard. So we have to be honest with ourselves about where we're at. I'll get over it eventually. And I probably won't say anything to her or to the doctor. Maybe. But come on, you know, it's hurt. I was hurt. She didn't care about me. She didn't care that, the, that this prescription was going to be $700 with my insurance when I could get it somewhere else for 20 She's giving me a hard time. You see how much stuff we go through in one day and it sticks to us. Oh, you have to do your practices and you have to be honest with yourself about when you see this stuff, you have to kind of digest it. You know, digest it. 
tell yourself, you know, work with it. She was having a bad day. She would have said that to uh, God if God was on the phone. It wasn't aimed at me. I took it personally. That's my problem. So I'm just trying to show you that it's a process that goes on your whole life. No matter what great experiences you might have, they don't last. They show you something. Then you come back and deal with your stuff. But it's the practices that ultimately free us from those identifications. So, I don't have any water. Okay. Anyhow, so that's the, that's the deal. So, I just, you can see I'm still pissed off about it. <laughs> ah. I wonder if she's listening. I tell you, you know, it's endless. Endless, endless, endless. Thank you, thank you. So when people are nice to us, we're just so high, we're so happy, we're so free, so loving, we're so at peace and at ease. The people say one bad word to us, we're ready to fucking kill them. That's how we are. That's how human beings are. Ultimately, that's not going to work. So. Oh, boy, it got late. How long did it take you to keep it simple? Somebody asked. Well, you can see I haven't done that yet, right? Good luck. Thank you. All right, that's it. That's it for today. I hope it was okay to unload that little bit of bullshit on you, what I go through in a day. I, so please, you know, I'm doing, I, I'm, I'd like you to understand that this is a process. Life is a process. Every day we do some stuff, we go through our stuff, we react, we create karmas where, you know, we're just full of stuff. But we do the best we can. We do the best we can. That's all we can do. We hope that it gets better and better as time goes on. If we're sincere about, about our stuff, if we're honest with ourselves, then we have a good chance.
Shiva.
That felt good. But if I can't talk to the nurse in the doctor's office without anger, 
if I can't nama shivaya to the soul inside of that being, I still have a lot of work to do. That's where we see work we have to do, the way we treat other people. It's fine to be able to sing and have a little joy or a little whatever, good feelings. But the minute you talk to people, your defenses come up. You got the guns out on the turrets and the spies watching everybody, making sure everybody's treating you just right. And things are the way you want them to be. But there's no Namashivaya anywhere. So that's why we try to do these practices and give ourselves as much as we can to the practices. Because we will be pulled into that feeling and away from those, the energy of anger and shame and fear and, and selfishness. And then we get to see it more clearly and have the possibility of letting go. Because when it's finally Namah Shivaya all the time, everywhere, with everything and everyone, game is over. Done deal. That's why Maharaji said it's better to worship God in everyone. The best form to worship God is in every form. So, good lessons for us. Guru Charan Sarodaraja Nijamana Mukuru Sudhari Varunura Bhuvaravimaladrasu Chodaya Kupalachari Uddihina Tanjanike Sumiram Pavan Kumasiyana Alabudi Vidya Dehumohi Parukhales Bekara Sadhu, 
Shankara Suvan Kesari Nandan Eja Pratap Mahajagabandan Vyavan Gune Atichatu Rama Kaja Karibeko Ate Prabhacharitu Sunibeko Rasiya Ramalakana Sita Manubasiya Sukshma Rupa Dardes Yandekava Pikata Rupa Dardelanka Jarava Ima Rupa Dardesur Sanghari Ramachandra Kekada Sanghari Raya Sajivana Lakana Jiyaye Shmira Gubira Parashira Lai Vagupati Kini Bhata Barai Priyabharatai Sambhabhai Sahasamadana Tumaroja Sagal Asakai Shri Patikanta Lagal Sanakadika Brahmadi Munisa Maradha Sharadha Sahita Ahisa Kamakubera Degapala Jahante Kabikobidha Kaisake Kahante Pakara Surya Inkina, Rama Melaya Raja Padadina, Marumantra Vibhishanamana, Ankeshvara Bhai Sabhajagajana, Yuga Sahasra Jodhana Parabhana, Ilyota Imadura Palajana, Asura Nekandana Ramadulari 
Asht se dinon e dikedata A solar dina qan kimata Lamara sajan të mëri pasa Sa daro hora gu pati kedasa Të mëri bajan rama kopave Janam janam ke duka bisarave Të kalar rubar për gjaj Që hanjën mërë bhatë kahaj Orë deva ta që të në dërëj Anu më të sej, sarë vësu ka kërëj Sënë ka të këte me te sabë pira Që su me rehën në më të bëllë bira E gje gje hënë më në gosaj Thank <laughs> about a path at all if we know there might be a way to live in this world in a good way without anger without fear maybe some peace of mind 
It's only because of the great beings who have gone before us on this path. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us be safe, all of us be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and that ease of heart at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. Namaste. Take good care. Take good care, and we'll see you soon. Be well. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.